Amen, amen. Again, thank you, platform musicians. Amen. How many glad to be in the house of God on a Wednesday night? Amen. Amen. Praise God. It's nothing like refuge service. Sunday night service and Monday and Tuesday. How many know Monday and Tuesday can be a wreck sometimes? You're waiting for Wednesday. It's like, oh, Lord, it's church tomorrow. At least I feel that way. Amen. Praise God. Uh, just a few more uh, announcements. Uh, there will be a cleanup meeting uh, immediately after the service. Also, uh, turn that feedback just down a little bit. It's like I'm echoing here. Um, and then the, there is a leadership meeting uh, June 21st. Uh, so if you are uh, uh, in, uh, over a, uh, a ministry, there is a leadership meeting uh, June 21st at 7 o'clock. Uh, June 21st at 7 o'clock. Hey. Man, if you have your Bibles, if you could turn with me to the book of 2 Chronicles 34, and we'll read verses 1 through 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 34, 1 through 7. I really believe God tonight is going to iron some things out tonight. And he's really going to help his church, really challenge his church, and really inspire. And this message tonight is all about the house of God. Again, Second Chronicles chapter 34, 1 through 7. A general by the name, uh, there was a general, General Course was his name. He was an American politician and soldier who served as a general in the Union Army in the American Civil War. But he was best known for his role in the Battle of uh, Alatona in October of 1864. Corsa went with 2,100 men to secure the Alacona Pass to prevent the Confederate General John Bell uh, from uh, severing the Union communications. The small band of Union soldiers fought determinedly against the 7,000 troops under Major uh, General Samuel G. French. But during the bloody battle, Corse lost one-third of his uh, men and one-third of his ear, as well as being shot in the face. In the midst of fighting, General Corse received a famous message from his general, General Sherman, that said, hold the fort down, I'm coming. And so here it is, this general, you know, went down, uh, you know, he uh, was under men, undersized, and he's fighting against uh, 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 an opponent that had a little bit more soldiers than he did. And here he is, you know, uh, uh, fighting and defending uh, what he believes to be right. He takes a bullet to the face. Um, half of his ear is gone, and he, he begins to hanging on to, to, uh, to life. Uh, his general had his back. He said, hold the fort down. I'm coming. Since then, the phrase holding the fort down has become popular over the past century as it pertains to having a responsibility for something while someone else is absent. And you know, there's a, I begin to think about holding the fort down because many times, even now, we, we say that a lot, you know, hold the fort down. And what it is, is, is you, there's a responsibility for that person to hold something down, uh, at least until the person who's typically there comes back. You know, there's another fort. Listen to me very clearly. There's another fort that the Bible speaks about in regard to someone coming back for. As well as a responsibility of a certain people to protect 
and to hold the fort down. This fort is no other, no other than the house of God or the church. Can you say amen? And how many know it is Jesus that is returning to come back for his fort? But until then, he has entrusted a group of people called Christians that is to hold the fort down. How many with me this evening? And I want to preach a sermon I've entitled, uh, Holding the Fort Down. Because I believe personally, church, and let me ask you, are you holding your part of the fort down tonight? Are you protecting Home court, so to speak. You know, in sports, there's a terminology uh, as teams battle it out uh, of, of home field advantage. And the idea is that if you have the winning record as opposed to your opponent, uh, your job is to hold a home court down because that's where the momentum is at. Your crowd is behind your back. I believe we have a much more important obligation as Christians to hold the fort down. You know, in 2 Chronicles 34, 1, 7, we read about a young king named Josiah who at a young age was given the duty to hold the fort down, if you will, to hold the temple down, uh, unexperienced but yet determined, amen, uh, to protect the house of God, uh, to purge uncleanliness uh, and at all costs. And we're going to talk about that this evening, 2 Chronicles 34, 1 through 7. It says, Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 30, 31 years in Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, and he walked in the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left, for in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek God of his father David. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the wooden images and the carved images, uh, and the molded, the, mold, the molded images. They broke down the altars um, of the of Baal in his presence, and the incense altars which were above them cut down, and the wooden images, the carved images, and the molded images. He broke in pieces and made dust of them, and scattered it on the the graves of those who have sacrificed to them. He also burned the bones of the priests uh, of their altars and cleansed Ju Judah and Jerusalem. And he did in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, as far as Nephtali and all around with axes. When he had broken down the altars and the wooden images, he, 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 he had beaten the carved images into powder and cut down the incense altars throughout all the land of Israel. And he returned to Jerusalem. Let us pray, church. Heavenly Father, God, I ask God right now, God, God, as your spirit, God, permeate through this place, uh, God, let it be every proclaiming Christian will uh, that we would play our part in holding your fort down until your return. Uh, God, help us to be like King Josiah, where we will make righteous decisions, uh, where we will purge out the ungodliness uh, that would try to insert itself uh, in the kingdom of God. Uh, God, I pray, God, every Christian whole be held accountable, God, for how we, God, to handle your house. Uh, I pray, God, right now, mightily you will move, uh, have no confidence in his flesh, but in your Holy Ghost uh, that you administer to your people. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, can someone say amen? amen? Someone say hold the fort down. Amen. Here it is. King Josiah in many ways was given the responsibility, if you will, to hold the fort down. To hold the house of God down. We know this essentially because his life was prophesied about uh, 360 years even before he was born. To hold the fort down. 
First Kings 13 2 uh, testifies this. It says, then he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, O altar, thus says the Lord, behold, a child. Josiah by name shall be born to the house of David and on you he shall sacrifice the priests in high places who burn incense on you and men's bones shall be burned on you. 360 years prior to his birth, a king is spoken about that was going to hold the fort down. This young prophet spoke his name, his steps into position at eight years old comes to conversion and then begins to make good decisions uh, and order his life in the direction God had for him. Listen, how many of you and I have a responsibility and an obligation to hold the fort down for the King of King, Lord and Lord, till he come back and get his church? Can you say amen? You know, looking at these things, this young king promoted and how he encouraged revival is, is, is remarkable. But, you know, the one thing he did that was critical, listen to me very clear. This is the, this is the meat of the sermon right here. One of the things that, uh, that was critical to holding the fort down was him contending and dealing with strongholds as he took the responsibility to the clean God's house. And I want to look at this, at this evening, our role at holding the fort down. Because I believe one of the most important uh, uh, roles as a Christian, if you and I are going to hold the fort down, if you will, then that's going to be a responsibility of everyone in here, amen, to clean house. What am I talking about? I'm talking about keeping the house of God clean. I mean, everybody likes to clean house. And if you don't like your house clean, then see me after service. But anybody with any, uh, you know, type of respect uh, for their house, uh, you want a clean house. How much more so uh, the house of God when it talks about uncleanliness. And if you're going to be able to hold the fort down, uh, listen, it's going to be a very big responsibility uh, that you and I are going to have to purge the house of God just like Josiah did the temple. Verse 3. For the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, uh, he began to seek the uh, God of his uh, uh, father David. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem. In other words, uh, he began to say, you know what? That ain't flying. That ain't right there going to stand. That idol, that need to come on down. Uh, we ain't about to be doing that fornication in the house of God. We about to purge the house of God. The Bible says in verse 4 that he began to break down the altars. These images uh, that were above, it's, it's safe to say that, listen, uh, he was determined, even at a young age, that I'm about to clean house. You know, one of the major problems in the church world is Christians' non-desire or lack thereof to keep a clean house. I'm talking about the house of God. That's one of the major problems with the church world. The responsibility of keeping the house of God in order and clean. You know, I know there are dire consequences that come from us allowing uncleanliness and ungodliness to enter the house of God without judging things. You know, one of the consequences, because how many know uh, when you allow uncleanliness to come into the house of God, it turns the people's hearts away from God. It turns uh, people's heart away from God and away from the things of God. Listen, this is why every Christian in here, you have a responsibility to hold the fort down because the very person that's sitting next to you, behind you, could be affected by what comes in this church. Are you holding your fort down? God's fort. 
Verse 5. It says, he also burned the bones of the priests of, the, of their altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. Evidently, uh, these priests were once men of God who served in the house of God, who once honored God's house with being holy and practicing cleanliness. But now we read about Josiah burning their bones. Josiah did this both to carry out the prescribed punishment of idolatrous priests in Israel and to defile the, these pagan altars. Josiah reforms did not only remove sinful things, but also it removed sinful people that promoted these sinful things. See, how many know that the, the idols that filled the temple did not get there on their own? There were priests who were responsible for these sinful practices. And see, if there is going to be cleanliness in the fort, in the house of God, then we cannot only just deal with sinful things, but we must deal with sinful people. I'm going to say that again. Sinful things didn't just come in by themselves. They came in through sinful people. That's why sin has to be judged. For those that don't believe that tonight, it must be judged in the house of God for those especially who refuse to repent. See, if sinful people are not dealt with, how many know they will quickly bring back the sinful, sinful things that were righteously removed? See, it was uh, these graven images, these false religions and practices that people of God allowed to come in that ultimately turned their heart away from God. How many of this is happening today? People, how the, the house of God, people in the house of God are turned away from the things of God because of the uncleanliness that they did not deal with. Whether that's headship, whether that's pastors allowing uncleanliness uh, to reside in the house of God and don't want to judge sin because they're so worried about their numbers and becoming of a mega church. Hello. Matthew 24, 11, 13 says, and many false prophets will arise and meaningless to reside in the house of God without being judged. Many will grow cold. But the one who preserves to the end will be saved. See, another consequence of uncleanliness uh, residing in the house of God is that it disrupts the people's heart towards God and his house. In other words, it enables us to hold the fort down. How I many know you can't hold the, the fort down if you're unclean? You can't hold the fort down for nothing if you're allowing uncleanliness uh, to reside in the house of God. See, the people of God here allowed the uncleanness into the house of God, which led to habitual rituals being established. It presented a loss of focus, church. How many know it also brings an end to contending uh, when uncleanliness resides? Uh, listen, there's no reason to contend no more. Focus is lost. No contending in the spiritual side of worship. Desires and passions to live clean and to encourage others to be, uh, to be uh, clean become lost. This is why the church world is religious today. The desires to live clean. We're living in a, a, a time of, uh, 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 of these, uh, these key words. You better watch out for them on these bumper stickers. Uh, the words like tolerance. These words like coexist. These words like acceptance. You, you know, hope you ain't got on your bumper car. I mean, on your, on your, on your, on your, on your, your bumper tonight. Amen or ouch then. Because at the end of the day, this is designed to say, listen, we accept everything. This is the church world today. And we wonder why there's lack of conversion and churches are built with a whole bunch of religious people. 
because uncleanliness has been accepted. People have got their own moral scorecard of what's right and what's not right. We you know the scripture Isaiah 55 said, the woe to those who call good evil and evil good. That's the world we're living in today. See, modern day churches can become uh, just like the Jews of that day, no longer looking to the pattern that was given to them of righteousness and holding up standards in the house of God. But go away, led astray, following the custom that they have allowed to enter into the house of God. See, the house of God was forsaken and forgotten in this day. Here it is. They got all these, see, these things that Israel has lost their way. No longer a priority or a place they were committed to. Once the center of their life, once the reference points, now it's no big deal. Why? Because of uncleanliness. See, when you allow uncleanliness to come into the house of God and you don't judge it, are you yourself unclean? Uh, then, you know, it, you know it, here it is. Uh, you, you know, there, there, there's no uh, reference point. Things of the God will become no big deal. You begin to lower your standards, to be very passive at everybody. Oh, just give them some grace. Just give them some mercy. See, so where there is uncleanliness allowed in the house of God, it gives opportunity for the house of God to be mocked. Listen, heathens has always despised, scoffed, and mocked ever since the day of Noah. Of always. And what happens is many times when you allow uncleanliness uh, to reside in the church, uh, guess who's looking? Guess who's mocking? The world. And it makes it harder for you. The very people that you're trying to reach and witness to are mocking the church. Because they see the church living unclean. See, the church is trashed by the world through media, through internet, etc. The effects of those, again, we try to reach or, or have reached. See, ultimately, uncleanliness allowed in the house of God, it destroys things. Can you say amen? Uncleanliness uh, rain, uh, it destroys things. It brings uh, uh, things to a decay. Things like idols in the house of God brings uncleanliness. How many know that? This is one of the first things that King Josiah begins to take down was the idol worship in the house of God. You see, there are many unclean things that, you know, that want to enter the house of God and bring decay and destroy things. How many believe that? How about the false teaching of this world? It's some crazy stuff that people believe these days. And, it, and you know, they call themselves a church. Like them, them mother God folks. Y'all ran into them? Trying to establish dominion at Walmart. We got dominion at Walmart. Come on, somebody. All across the country. That's our store. Taking over. But they there. Hey, you ever heard of a mother? I'll slap you, man. I don't even talk with them folks, man. Twisting up scriptures. And you ever see here's the heavenly mother? I'm like, man, look, you better step away, man. Don't even entertain that. That that spirit, but this is what we, false doctrine uh, has always been a problem of uncleanliness in the house of God. This false teaching that, that caters to the culture. Have you ever heard of Josh Harris, this once favorite, uh, uh, favorable pastor of a mega church? He had a, uh, a, a book, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 it called uh, Kiss Dating Goodbye. 
made headlines that this book was about Christian dating and, and, and you know, and, and, and various different things, uh, you know, uh, it was, a, you know, it was good with, with courtship and how you should go about different stuff. He got a lot of pushback. And he went from being a preacher of God's word, boldly preaching the, the word of God to excusing and embracing wrong things. Now divorced from his wife. And in the same sentence, he said, I am now divorced from Christianity as a whole. So that's what happens when false doctrine comes into the church. And now you begin to uh, uh, cater to the culture. Now he's saying different things that are, uh, that are okay that the Bible clearly say is wrong. And see, that's what happens uh, when you allow uncleanliness to rest in the house of God. Uh, listen, it begins to distort your thinking. How many people you know that, that believe exactly what the Bible says that you used to roll elbows with? Now they believe in something crazy. You better be careful. When the Bible says that, listen, there's going to be a very deceiving spirits in these last days. He ain't making stuff up. See, if the enemy can take out the assembly, how many know it gains much? He wants the enemy wants that power removed because he want to use the lies of uh, the spirit of false doctrine to weaken and destroy the house of God. And that's even more reason why you and I got to hold the front the fort down when false doctrine and people begin to come in uh, various different things. Listen, we got to hold the fort down. Matthew 15, 9, it says, in vain do they worship me and teaching doctrines, uh, 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 doctrines, the commandments of men. Mark 7, 7, uh, their worship uh, is a farce, uh, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. 1 Timothy 4, 1, now the Spirit uh, speaks clearly that in the last days some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. See, these scriptures warn us of Satan's attempt to weaken the church. But listen, we have to have the responsibility of holding the fort down against all ungodliness. Josiah said, well, I'm not having that. Yeah, I might be young. Yeah, I might be eight years old, but I'm, I'm bringing out some strongholds. I'm going to call that out. I'm, I'm, that's not going to be up there on our church wall. That's not going to be allowed. See, we all have a responsibility of cleaning out all the garbage that tries to come in, church. Removing the idols. See, how many would agree that when things are, how many would think about it? We would agree that when things are dirty in a house, just even just our normal house, how many know it removes what, what once was clean? And vice versa, when things are, are clean, it removes what once was dirty. But how many know the idea is to keep things clean as opposed to uh, keeping things dirty? How many know even just in our own houses, how many know picking up a little bit after yourself uh, helps keep the house clean as opposed to being dirty? All the kids said amen. I'm like, like, Tyler, why you walk right over the paper, bro? It's right there. They're like, it's right there. Or, you know, tell, so, you know, Listen, initiative, how I many know as we clean our own house, it keeps it more, it's going to get dirty from time to time, but the idea is if we keep this thing clean, that's you and our responsibility as we hold the fort down in the house of God. That we're constantly 
holding the fort down. How many know we hold the fort down and keep the house clean by you yourself being clean? See, not only, you know, at the end of the day, yes, as we are to hold the fort down, because there's a wicked world that's trying to get in the church. That, unfortunately, has gotten in the church. But on top of that, you and I have a responsibility within ourselves that we are living clean. That we're in constant prayer and worship. Holding the fort down uh, means that uh, we're in constant fellowship. Uh, holding the fort down meaning you are evangelizing. Uh, you're telling people about Jesus. You have a healthy uh, 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 dose of the word uh, that you read daily uh, that you're not just skimming through. See, this is the half of the problem why Christians can't stay unclean because their book is more like this than like this. More like this than like this. If, if your book was more open than closed, you'd be clean. There's just no way. But you see, you know, up until this point, listen, church, there was numerous of times where the house of God was clean, where the temple was, was clean. See, somewhere the cleanliness of the house of God began to drift and shift away. And to be honest, this has always been the case with God's people. See, at one point, the house of God or the temple had been a place of godly activity. Yes, we read about Josiah breaking down the temple, but at one point, those statues and stuff wasn't there. There was a place of holiness uh, and righteousness uh, and right, rightful worship up to God. A place that was honorable, where sacrifices was made to the true living God of Israel. The temple was indeed a place of worship. The Shekinah glory of God was there among them who dwelt among them. Come on, somebody. During the years of the tabernacle, now the temple. You know, the Jewish rabbis coined this extra biblical expression of Shekinah glory as a, as a, a form of a Hebrew word that literally means that he caused to dwell. Signifying that there was a divine visitation of the presence of the dwelling of the Lord of God on earth amongst his people. In other words, church, there was a time that this text that we read, these people were moved. They were touched by God, redeemed, helped, kept in the faith. Uh, listen, uh, because of these reasons, uh, this is why you and I have the responsibility to hold the fort down. Like Josiah, we got a clean house church, but again, it starts with you. Making sure your heart's right. Making sure your attitude's not funky. Come on, somebody. Making sure you're being a blessing to the house of God and not a headache. People shouldn't look at you and say, oh, give me a goodie powder. Because you're a headache. Keeping our attitudes right, hearts right. From there, beloved, I believe the next duty, again, uh, you know, this will help us to begin to, we'll begin to see clearly the things in the house of God that need to be purged. Come on, somebody. Only look at, secondly, when valuable things get lost in an unclean house. When valuable things get lost in an unclean house. Verse 14, it says, Now when they brought out the money that were, was brought into the house of the Lord, uh, Hekiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. You know, according to Deuteronomy 31, 24-27, there was to be a copy of an important book 
of the law that was to be put aside the Ark of the Covenant. In the scripture it says, so it was when Moses uh, had completed writing the words of the law in the book, when they were finished, that Moses commanded the Levites who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, saying, Take this book of the law and put it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there as a witness against you. For I know your rebellion and your stiff neck. If, to, if today while I'm yet alive with you, you have been rebellious against the Lord, then how much more after my death? This was a book that uh, Moses knew that, you know, you, all, you guys are already rebellious with me. Uh, listen, uh, I, you know, how much more outside of my absence I'm going to give this book, you know, this guideline for you that's going to help you. Moses knew the nature of the people, commanded that this book be in place. But, you know, I wonder tonight. I wonder how much of this book's disappearance had to do with the uncleanness of the, that the people allowed in the house of God. Can you see when I when, how many know again when you clean it, when things are unclean in the house, how many know that valuable things disappear? You'll be amazed uh, once that house is clean, the things that you find. Come on, somebody. There's plenty of things I found, you know, as I'm cleaning up, but you couldn't see it when it was unclean. So I wonder if this is the case on why now, years later, there's idols hanging in the temple. There's statues, there's uh, all type of uh, 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 false doctrines coming in there. I wonder because the house got all dirty with uncleanliness, uh, the valuable things became lost. Can that be happen today? Sure it can. Here it is. Things that were once valuable are now out of place, trashed. And now we see the valuable things buried under the rubble. In other words, uh, as they begin to, the Bible says, here they are. Josiah has tore down uh, these idols. They're looking through stuff. Uh, he's giving money into the temple. They're rebuilding. And now they're finding valuable things. This book. See, those valuable things today can be treasures for us this evening. Miracles. Precious things we've missed or overlooked. People around us that God is using and moving through. See, these valuable vessels of the book of the law was important to the functions of God's house of that day. It was to be a vessel of honor, something sacred in God's eyes, not to be trifled or lightly looked upon. How I many know God's word was there, but it had been buried away? Unread, lost words uh, that God had given Moses, the patriarch. The first five books of the Bible are now lost. I wonder, because of the uncleanliness, uh, again, that was entered into the house, all these valuable things that once stood uh, as something replical that has now been lost. Listen, that'll happen when you're unclean. Everything that's valuable becomes lost, even in the house of God, because it's unclean. How I many know we can't afford to lose valuable things like this because of uncleanliness being allowed in the house of God or church? How I many know these valuable things in the house of God become their needed reference point for many of us? But see, when these things are lost, it becomes a guidance that we no longer have. This is why I personally believe a lot of churches uh, don't have guidance to this day, church. The valuable things, the word of God, listen, is lost in many churches. 
A church can have uh, hundreds of Bibles laying around, uh, drawers filled up with Bibles. Folks can carry a big Bible, have, have it on their app, have it on their phone, have it in every translation, yet not hear or receive the word that God has for them. Because many people ain't preaching the word of God. I wonder, again, you got the Bible, you got this, you got that, uh, but we got churches that ain't even preaching sound doctrine. I wonder if uncleanliness has something to do with it. Lost in the house of God because of uncleanliness. Many churches that are unclean and practice uncleanliness are people who have allowed their book to go missing, church. How many know God wants his word preached to the heart of man, church? He wants the Holy Ghost to get involved. He wants words, amen, to meet the word of God to meet people where they're at. Holy Ghost preaching uh, and dealing with sin and important issues. You know, a lot of churches, many days, uh, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm on this church uh, trade because it, it is, we're talking about holding the fort down. This is what we're talking about. Holding the fort down. Holding down what's precious. I mean, no, we have too many things in the house of God that's too valuable to get lost. Got men that's called to labor in the word, to bring an inspired word. Thus says the Lord, amen, with clarity, with anointing, words that are timed by heaven, uh, and people get, get a word, and amen, and get saved. And, I mean, no, that's what we need. That can't be lost. See, again, the word of God is no small thing. It's very important. Hebrews 4.12 said, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than its two-edged sword. But here it is. Uh, we read in our text that the book was lost. This very thing that was so valuable was hidden because of uncleanliness. How many know, again, the valuable things, church, can't be lost at the expense of uncleanliness? See, how glorious when the valuable things are found, though, church. When you begin to purge out the things, amen, that bring uncleanliness even to yourself or to the church that you're a part of. See, in the house that is clean throughout history, God's people, when the word of God was always recovered and spread, it was a spiritual revival that always followed. You read that through the whole Bible. And it could be, again, as simply as it did here in the days of Josiah, with one man finding and reading and believing the spreading of the book. The Bible says that as they, as they spread the book uh, and, they, and they begin to take this before the king and, and they haven't seen this book in years, uh, and they have revival. All the things that were purged and <clears throat> excuse me, unclean, amen, uh, begin to live clean. And listen, uh, this is why you and I have a duty to protect the house of God. Like I said earlier in the illustration, in the Battle of Atona, we must hold the fort down. I want to look at, lastly, more than a building. How many of you, 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 this is more than just a building tonight. Verse 8, in the 18th year of his reign, when he had purged the land in the temple, he sent, he sent uh, Shaphan and the son of Isaiah and Messiah, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Joaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. You see, for a young king, it was more than just building a temple. But it was more about righteousness. 
It was more about uh, 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 cleanliness and getting rid of the unclean. For Josiah, it was more than a building. It was about protecting the house of God. And listen, that has to be our mindset tonight when it comes to the church that Jesus is coming back for. By the way, let me throw that in. Again, uh, you know, you hold the fort down. Uh, in other words, this is a temporary uh, but high responsibility uh, until the king of kings come back and get his bride. That's not a light task. That's not something to uh, be taken lightly. Uh, it's more than the building that you're holding down tonight. How many know you holding down the fort uh, is the very souls of the people that you're rubbing elbows with that you're helping make it to God? That you help ushering into the house of God. That you help people making it to, uh, to heaven one day. The people that you're reaching out to as they get saved. Come on, somebody. You know, I always tell, I always say this in, with, with evangelism. You know, the person that you're witnessing to that actually gets saved, uh, not only is it a blessing for that person, uh, but you also save them for what they could become. In other words, uh, because they, they, they got saved, now they're not a menace to society. Now they're not these stuff that we're seeing on TV and all these crazy stuff that's happening with these schools are shooting. Maybe if the gospel hit the heart of that person, it probably wouldn't have happened. Just a small percentage. Nothing's guaranteed. I'm, I'm just saying. That's how important evangelism is. That's how important the spreading of the word is. Not only do they get saved, you save them for what they was about to become. A menace to society, a wreck to the city. A heartbreak to a, to a mother who lost her only son. Who knows? It's more than the building that you're holding down, is what I'm saying. It's more than the building that you're holding down tonight. See, this is the place that's set aside for God. How many believe that? How many know there's nothing sacred about the walls and windows and the ambiance and the decor or where the location of the sanctuary is established? But it's about the presence of God dwelling among the people in the presence of cleanliness, not ungodliness. This is what this is about. It's more than the building. It's where the people gather this is where we find ministering, uh, you know, ministering the gospel at the assembly, the Inglesia church. Psalms 22, 3, 4, you are holy, O you that inhabits and dwells in the midst of the praises of your people. That's what we're holding down, church. The very presence of God. Listen, I, I close on this. I, listen, God's not going to rest in ungodliness. He's not going to tolerate un, uh, uncleanliness. We know the story. And I close here. The Bible says the Israelites, they're moving into the new land uh, under the, the leadership of Joshua. They defeat the, uh, the mighty uh, 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 city of Jericho. And here they are, this small city called Ai. You know, though, surely, you know, we just, you know, we just beat Jericho. These, these little guys ain't nothing. And the Bible says they're dropping like flies. They're trying to get a hold of what's going on, uh, and you know it comes around it, and that Aiken. Aiken. Aiken got a little greedy. And the Bible says that as uh, Joshua begins to inquire of God, uh, God simply says there's sin in the camp. In other words, this is why you ain't winning the victory. And listen, I use that as a point of making that God is not going to reside in uncleanness. 
when things are unrighteous in the church. And that's why we can see examples, unfortunately, of many uh, uh, of churches, amen, uh, that are supposed to be a support, uh, that are supposed to be a beacon of hope and light to the world, uh, ain't shining no light. Because it's unclean. We got to hold the fort down, church. So do you see the church as the precious bride of Christ that it is? And if you do, you have the duty of holding the fort down. Ephesians 5, 23, 27, Christ is the head of the church. The church is subject unto Christ. Christ also loved the church that he gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it. You hear that word cleanse everywhere when it's talking about cleanness. That the word might be presented to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any of the such, but that it should be a holy without blemish. This is what we're holding down, church. This is the, this is the fort that you and I are holding down. See, Josiah, he established, he established the church of God by purging, by getting rid of things, church. And listen, uh, we must do the same thing as well. We must contend against wrong doctrines, uh, wrong attitudes, rebellion, division, and disrespect. Anything that try to comes against the house of God, you and I have the responsibility to remove. Are you willing to play your role and hold the fort down? Can I have every head by every eye closed?